I'm Sean Morgan, and I'm asking the hard questions about alternative topics like QAnon and coronavirus. Get the free ebook at QAnonFAQ.com. So here we are with my friend Paul Ferber, who has some experience as a tech journalist back in the day, and and now he's working as a programmer. And I would call him a uh, a researcher, an activist of mm. sorts, because he's standing up for the truth. Um, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about your life right now and, and, and how you're involved in this kind of truth movement? Yeah, sure. So my life right now is uh, working at home using an internet connection, <coughs> excuse me, and hanging around on... <coughs> Sorry, I think I just swallowed some coffee the wrong way. Bigger your pardon. Um, <laughs> no problem. Hanging around on various information sources and just finding out what's going on in the world. So the Chans, uh, like 4chan, 8kun, 9chan, Chan, various places like that, um, anonymous sources of information, which are 99% nonsense and 1% amazing information that you won't find anywhere else. So it's kind of a skill to see if you can spot the nuggets uh, amongst all the poo that's out there. Right. <laughs> And obviously, uh, it, you know, it's checking out regularly with uh, video uh, video bloggers and, uh, and truthers like yourself. So I'm subscribed to a whole bunch of people on YouTube, and I check them out very regularly. And Twitter, I'm dipping into the stream all the time, more or less continually, just to see what's going on. So yeah, it's quite an active. It's an active uh, lifestyle, if I can put it that way, of yeah. just trying to get exposed to as much information as possible and then make sense of it all somehow. Right. Yeah, you know, our, our whole way of getting news information has kind of flipped from the top-down uh, big conglomerates that yeah. that had the budgets and the ability to travel the world and send correspondents all over the world. But the quality of, of that coverage has gone down so significantly that now in order to get any semblance of reality, you actually have to go through this like your own creation of a decentralized network of sources. And I find myself going to Twitter, following people like you, mm. going to Gab, following people like Neon Revolt. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm not privy to these uh, – these chans because uh you know it's it's not the the easiest thing to navigate so i i pretty much rely on people like you to source stuff there for mm. me and and filter right. through all of it for me and you've you've done a good job of that uh, i think you've posted things from fbi and on u.s treasury and on big dick and on yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything recently that you've looked at that you want to mention now uh yeah, so I came across a guy called Fattenon, goodness knows why, I don't know, who is an independent researcher talking about corona. And his thesis is that corona attacks, it attacks um, ACE2 receptors. Yes, I think we're all pretty happy with that. You know, the, the, the receptors in our lungs and in other organs of the body that enable cells to exchange things with the outside world. Um, corona has a special spike that's like a you know a lock that fits in a key that attacks ACE2 receptors. His this guy's thesis is that corona is degrading our body's ability to regulate um, 
to regulate our hormones over time by using up and degrading the amount of ACE2 receptors we have. It's quite a complex little balancing mechanism um, that we have uh, in the, the vascular endothelium, which is a very important part of the endocrine, the whole endocrine mechanism of the body. And when it's disrupted by corona, there seem, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of this hormone floating around called uh, angiotensin II, which is um, basically it, it, it's a, an essential part of the process. But when it's not when it's not uh, when it's not kept in check, it can cause um, a cytokine storm. Um, it can cause damage by vasoconstricting blood vessels and other organs of the body. Now I've just read this paper as of this morning, I think, because I've kind of slogged it my way through, slogged my way through it. And obviously every second word I have to look up because it's jargon and I, you know, I, it's a jargon in a field that I'm not familiar with, but I have been bouncing it off um, a, a friend of mine who's a former infectious disease pharmacist. And she says, yeah, this is good stuff. Although the mechanism, the clotting mechanism isn't quite, you know, isn't, quite clear to me. So I'm just kind of, I'm feeling my way towards a hypothesis about Corona that maybe it does attack uh, endothelial cells and hides in there. There's another paper by the Lancet, which I read last week, which shows that post-mortem showing there's loads of buildup of Corona in um, endothelial cells in the body and they're everywhere. So lungs, liver, heart, kidneys, small intestine, reproductive organs. I mean, that's bad. Is that... Is was this designed to get us? Was this designed to look like a pneumonia? So we'd all spend loads of money on end ventilators and treat it as a pneumonia, where meanwhile it's actually attacking endothelial cells and it's built up in the body silently. I don't know. Uh, that looks possible. So yeah, I'm just kind of bouncing around ideas just to just to understand Corona a lot better. I do. Pop, my wife is a frontline nurse. Um, who's currently managing a the the response um, for a German company, an international company in South Africa, but her recommendations have been adopted by Germany and the US. So yeah, she's she's no fool when it comes to this stuff. And she and I have been bouncing a lot of these ideas off each other and the research we've come across. Um, and so far it's been very useful as kind of our cross-pollination of our research. So if this is a biological weapon, uh, then it would be the ultimate Trojan horse if it appears to be one thing and it's actually another, or if it's dormant and it gets activated later, or if it seems short-term, but it actually has mm -hmm. long-term effects. Um, yeah, exactly. So I guess the question is, how can we get good data about this? Because uh, the mainstream media obviously is not reliable. Uh, the coronavirus task force of the United States is just a big misinformation campaign. All of the hospitals in the United States don't seem to be giving us the data we need. The Center for Disease Control in the United States is not giving us the data we need. Uh, we can't trust China with any data at all. And so right. the question is, which countries can we go to, which sources to actually understand the real damage that's being done to people? Uh, who are the real victims? How do we know if someone actually has corona or not? Which testing actually works? You know, this is just a big chaos storm. And I think that's kind of part of the yeah. whole plan, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you raise a great point there, Sean. It's very few sources of information from the mainstream can be trusted. Um, it's, it is very confusing with, I mean, we are a lot of us, we are different races and different races have different genetic traits, which make us more or less susceptible to yes. um, Corona chat. We also, we also have vastly wildly differing healthcare systems, um, even from state to state in the U S yes. compared with um, other, you know, compared with other states. Uh, we also have different governments, different healthcare uh, environments in the countries around the world, different populations, different rates of infections. Um, I, I cannot look at some small hospital in New York fudging the numbers because it gets more federal money and then conclude that Corona Chan is not real. It's a hoax. That's rubbish. It's very real and very dangerous. Um, and some interestingly, some exciting new evidence has just come out just in the last few days that strongly suggest an accidental release in Wuhan in the first week of October. Some guys, I think it was an NBC intelligence team, picked up that there was um, there was a whole lot of activity around the, the Wuhan lab in early October, and then there was a whole lot of activity from like the 4th to the 7th along the river, then there was. Then the lab was shut down completely from the seventh to the twenty fourth, and then one guy came back on the twenty fifth, probably a security guard, um, just to see if everything was cool and still locked down. Now that was a remarkable piece of evidence. This is again by yeah, this, this is the is kind the of same info way that, we would want to know yeah, on day one. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So there's there are bits and bobs. Where do you find the stuff? I do it by slogging through the chats, which, as you correctly point out, is a, a, a hostile hive mind of note. Um, but and, and I certainly don't have a monopoly on getting good info from the chats. I'm always getting people on, on other, in other media by email or Twitter DMs or whatever. Paul, did you see this thread by this Anon? And I'll go check it out. And 99 times out of 100, it's, wow, this is really good info. Because... For all, well, 4chan is deliberately designed to exclude the, um, the easily offended. So it, it means that, and, and because of the sort of, you know, the, the fiery environment that you have there, only your ideas and your arguments um, will survive. Nobody cares who you are. There's no imaginary internet points. There's no, um, you know, there's no social hierarchy. There's nothing. It's what you say and what you have to back it up. So I find a lot of the, the good info rises to the top very quickly on 4chan. And this thread that I saw this morning by this guy Fatanon um, with a possible mechanism of disrupting the endothelium, yeah, that looked good, especially when I, especially as it was meticulously sourced and he provided back, he backed up his arguments. Um, you know, it's not like the usual he said, he, he said, she said bullshit on the mainstream media. That's, that's not debate. That's the illusion of debate, um, which is what we've all been conditioned with over the past 60 or 70 years. Yeah, with corona, it seems like we have a few, I guess you could call them rogue doctors or rogue scientists because they're going against the mainstream narrative. And there are just a handful of them. And they're, you could almost call them whistleblowers or, or, or something like that. But the thing is, they're not exactly united. There is no kind of united coalition yet. I, I certainly expect there will be, but it, it might take a long time. to, And it might be too late by the time 
that these independent, brave medical professionals are willing to to combine resources and coordinate with each other mm. to actually provide a community level uh, counter narrative. Um, so for now, I guess we just have to keep on doing what we're doing. Um, I think I think so. I think you're right that there there, there isn't going to be um, you know an independent opposition that's totally united, but that's fine. Right. Uh, pe- yeah, people will make the information. Good information is out there. And and people will make up their minds, and and I think if you're open, I mean, I'm always, as I always say on Twitter, I'm always happy to be corrected with the truth. If you've if you've got like good info and send it to me and it proves me wrong, awesome. That just means we all understand things a little bit better now. And on any subject, I don't care. Um, I don't have a monopoly on the truth. I certainly don't have a monopoly on being right. As anyone who follows me will know. So yeah, it just. I think we, we're all going to plug away in our own ways and do the best we can to get information out there, actionable information that people can really, you know, people can use to prepare or change their own scenarios. Well, I, I've been getting a lot of DMs, direct messages uh, from followers with good information as well. So what, what I will do is uh, we can wrap up our coronavirus chat now and I will put links in the description of all of these places where I'm getting good info about coronavirus and people can just go into their own research. So thank cool. you, Paul. And next time we'll, we'll talk about uh, the Book of Revelations. Cheers, man. Everyone, I have great news. So this channel now has a sponsor. And so that's going to support me to create more QAnon, coronavirus and alternative topic videos. And I have a friend named Lucas from Arizona. He was in the Air Force. And when he moved to Arizona, he realized there are tons of homeless vets and he wanted to do something about it. So he created this website, HeroSoapCompany.com. And they make natural soaps without the harsh chemicals, without the parabens that cause reproductive problems for both men and women. It's fragrance-free and it's with those natural essential oils that have the natural fragrances instead of those fake ones. And so all really natural, really healthy for you, veteran owned. But the best part about Hero Soap Company is that they support the heroes. So a portion of the sales go to helping build houses for vets, sending soap to deployed vets. So they have a really cool thing that you can do. You just choose a soap like peppermint or or tea tree, really fresh, tingly kind of feeling. Uh, they actually sent me some soap to use, and it's really awesome. And so you can actually do a subscription. You save 20% plus the 10% from the promo code QFAQ that you can use in the description below. And you will get regular soap, natural soap, delivered to your home regularly, and they will match that and send it to the heroes that are deployed. So Go ahead, support this channel, support your own health, and support the heroes, and get a subscription in the link below and put in the promotional code to save some money on it. Thanks a lot. If you would like to be a sponsor of my channel and reach 30,000 intelligent, patriotic, and selfless viewers every day, just email me at qanonfaq.com.